welcome to Riverside Community Church. We are so glad that you are here joining us either live in person or online. We are blessed to have you in our presence. And we just wanted to get with you and tell you a couple of things for some information this morning. If you are watching online, you can connect below with a couple of things. Um, there might be some information regarding some events that are coming up in the future, or maybe you just need some prayer, or um, you can also connect um, with our app that we have launched, which is connect to Riverside slash Bible. And you can follow along with the sermon and the notes. It's an amazing tool that they have provided for us. And we should utilize all the tools that are given to us in this day and age because it is amazing. We just are, are glad that you're here this morning. We just welcome you um, to church, whether you're at home or you're here um, live with us this morning. If you're here live with us, you can just tune in with the screens around us and follow along. Get your hearts ready for worship. We're going ready to get to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords this morning. Amen. Good morning, good morning. We invite you to stand with us and worship this morning. Come on.
this morning. When darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own when brokenness and pain is all I know, oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. Oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my feet doesn't stand a 
we worship you this morning. We lay it all down at your feet, God. Do 
Father, I would just pray that we would make room for you, God, that this would be a reminder this season to seek your kingdom first, to pursue you, to pursue your face above all else. And so, Father, help us to make room. Help us to clear out any paths that need to be cleared out. Help us to make a, the way straight for you to come and enter into our lives and experience you more in our lives, Father. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Well, good morning. Go ahead and have a seat. My name is Jason Bishop. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have a couple of quick announcements for you. Uh, first things first, Turkey Bowl is today. Uh, somebody just got a notification. Um, Turkey Bowl is postponed today. So good news is we have gotten a bunch of the rain that we have needed. The bad news of that is it is uh, advantageous for ankles being broken and sprained to be out in that field. It's pretty muddy, it's pretty wet, so we're going to postpone that for today. And as I heard from the uh, team captain of the adult uh, team, he said that's just another month for us to get more seasoned and more ready for it. So they're defending a five-year title, I believe it is. And so we are going to keep you updated on when that is rescheduled for um, but just want to let you know that that is postponed for today. Uh, in addition to that, we have um, the women's Christmas party. Hopefully, ladies, if you walked in the door and you got one of these, then we want you to mark this on your calendar. Sarah and her team have a fun pajama Christmas party planned. It's going to be here in the building. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. We hope, hope, hope you can make it. And so that's a great way to get connected here um, at Riverside. If, if you're in the women's ministry or if you've never been to one, this is a great time to jump into that. So we'd love for you to do that. Uh, the Hope Center and the Loft are looking for volunteers. Right now, especially the Loft is looking for volunteers. Michelle Woodman said, hey, we would love your help there. This is a busy season. It's getting colder, which means warm coffee sounds amazing to more people and they're doing a great job over there and so they need your help if you have some hours 
that you can volunteer and set aside to go to um, the loft, then they are looking for that. Go ahead and email Michelle Woodman or her team um, over there. So that's it. And uh, we are going to take offering right now. And uh, as usual, there's a bunch of ways that you can give and practice your generosity. We have the boxes that you'll see all around. There's also the number that you see uh, behind me that you can text or you can do it online and you can actually set up automatic payments, which I love to do for our family. So um, before we go further in the service, let me pray for the offering. So Jesus, we love you, God. Thank you again for today, Father. And we just, again, pause and recognize that uh, there is room in our hearts for you. And now we want to make that space for you, Father. And we are grateful for all that you've done in our lives, God. And being generous is, is a way of not only reflecting you, but just giving back a portion of what you've done for us. It's all yours, God. We recognize that, and we want to give that back to you. And so, Father, thank you for all the ways that the generosity of the people at this church is going to affect this community for the best. God, thank you for the ways that it's already happening, and we pray ahead of the ways that you will do it in the future. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. God is allowing me to be part of something beautiful in my family. I have a big family and there's a lot of love in my family, but we are all very different. And we come in very different packages and we have very different philosophies on life and religion. Um, this one person about whom I'm speaking today, I love very, very dearly and I'm very close with this person. And we've shared life together for about mm, maybe 35 years, 30 years, something like that. We've been through a lot together, ups and downs and highs and lows. And we've watched how each other has handled life. It's only recently that this person has um, started to ask questions. This person is not a believer, although... Um, this person has watched me go through things and other people in my family, even people very close. Um, just only recently have those questions come up of, well, if this is what a Christian is, why does it look like this? If this is what the church says, why does it look like that? Um, gosh, if, if God says this, why does this happen? They're, they're all such great questions. And I don't have to have the answers. But I did say, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe we can figure it out together. And so from that kind of uh, springboard, all I had to do was make myself available. I didn't have to have answers or solutions or money or um, anything other than time. And so now this dear, dear person in my life who has not known Christ is now doing a Bible study with me. And we asked the questions that I thought were basic, you know, um, what does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be forgiven? What, how do you pray? Things that I thought were so basic. Um, 
that man I'm challenged on. Well, what does that mean? And what is really at the heart of all of that, like the simple beauty of it all? So all I had to do is be available. And I would truly say the blessing is mine. Like I'm greatly blessed by it. But wow, as far as including me, there's a chance that I'm part of a generational change. And not because I did anything, but because I got to come alongside and watch. I got to come alongside and watch God change the hearts of my great grand nieces and nephews. And um, wow, that's huge. So it wasn't a one day affair or a quick something. It was patience and waiting for the time and I didn't have to plant the original seed but I I'm kind of getting to be part of a harvest so I'm so grateful for God for including me in that Well, uh, our community, as you know, has been praying, uh, Lord, include me all semester. And um, next semester, we got something else really uh, exciting in store for you. And that was our last Lord, include me that we are going to show on Sunday mornings for this semester. And if you know Cosette and you know her her story, uh, she's a heavyweight. And uh, she was being very gracious and talking kind of in code this morning. Uh, But it is a beautiful thing to watch the people in our community pray, Lord, include me, and see how God consistently just invites us in to his agenda. And so I'm super grateful for us and uh, being willing to step out and practice that this semester. Um, One little bit of family business that we get to do this morning. Uh, So I'm going to invite Teresa and Wes on up here. Uh, So uh, right now... uh, You may not be aware, but the uh, Hope Center in the last six months or so has seen exponential growth and just unbelievable amount of growth in our area. And um, Teresa made the shift just several months ago. Teresa and Stephanie made the shift just a couple of months ago to stepping in and to overseeing the law, uh, excuse me, the Hope Center. And in that time under Teresa's leadership, it has, as you, listen, anything that Teresa puts her hands on is going to blow up. I mean, that's just the way it is. If if there's a party to be had, Teresa's going to host it. So uh, she does a really beautiful job. And in the few short months that she has been overseeing the Hope Center, uh, it has become very clear uh, what the Lord has been doing, and He seems to be highlighting that ministry for us. And over the last, Teresa's been around longer than me, I think about 15 years now or so, and Teresa started off as a volunteer, uh, started off working for peanuts, just because what we could afford, and over these last several years, we have been slowly trying to uh, honestly, we can never pay people what they're worth, but we try to do our best to come alongside them. And I'm very, very excited uh, because starting uh, now, Teresa will now be full time at the Hope Center, which is a huge, significant uh, movement for us moving forward. And so uh, that position has quickly become, uh, we become aware that that needs to be a full time position. And so we want to give God's best 
towards it, and we believe that that is Teresa, uh, God's best. And so we're really excited to welcome her kind of in a full-time staff position um, to the community. And so I'm going to invite Miss Linda to come up, and she is going to pray and uh, bless Teresa. Uh, We think it's important that as we are making uh, changes and shifts in uh, kind of how Riverside is set up, that we mark those places in the community and that the community gets to celebrate what God is doing. And God is definitely moving in the Hope Center under Teresa's leadership. And so I'm going to ask Miss Linda to pray for us uh, and thank God for Teresa and her beautiful heart um, to love our community so well. Yeah. Okay. So, Lord, we just thank you, God, that you are moving in this place and specifically in this ministry and specifically through your daughter, Teresa. And, God, I thank you for the many, many years of faithful faithful service. And I thank you, Lord, for Teresa's surrendered heart. I thank you, Lord, that her priority over these last 16 years has been people. And it's always been people. And it's always been your heart, Lord, that you love really well through this woman. I thank you, Lord, that she carries this gift of evangelism, this gift of, uh, the, honestly, this missional heart to just go out into the world and to preach the gospel. And your word says, how beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news. And so, God, I thank you that you have called and equipped her for this very purpose. I thank you, Lord, that you are calling her into this next season, God, and that you are expanding the tent pegs. I thank you, Lord, that she is a capacity builder and that she is going to blow life and freedom into this ministry. I thank you, Father, that you have called her to set the captives free, Isaiah 61. I thank you, Lord, that she is called to preach the gospel. I thank you, God, that your hand is upon her, that you have blessed every footstep. And Teresa, I feel like I need to tell you that all the years of faithful service, the sacrifices that you have made have brought you to this point. Because there are many times when we have a higher calling that we have to go through the furnace. We have to go through the fire to get honed and to get trained and to get prepared and to get all of those things. So just know that nothing has been wasted and everything has brought you to this place and to this point for God's purposes. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Riverside, please welcome Teresa this morning. So, so if you don't, uh, it, let me be real honest. Don't give Teresa your cell phone number because she will call you and the next thing you know, you will be volunteering in the Hope Center ministry. Uh, She is a little fire starter and we cannot be more uh, thankful that uh, we get to welcome her role. And so today, friends, we are wrapping it up. We are in the last, we are in what we call Advent season, which is the four weeks leading up to Easter, or Easter, oh my holy smokes, uh, leading up to Christmas. And so today we're going to be wrapping up our series in the book of 
Hebrews. And so if you have not been around or not been tracking, Hebrews has been saying one thing and one thing over and over and over. Come on. Jesus is better. Better than anything that you may be going through, any of the struggles that you may be facing, any of the political mess that we find ourselves in. He's better than the COVID season that we find ourselves in. He's better in the holiday mess of it all. Jesus is just better. That's the context for the book of Hebrews. It's written to a whole bunch of people that suddenly have life coming at them really fast. And the author of Hebrews, whoever she is, says one thing over and over is that Jesus is better. And so if you have not been with us, just a short little recap. He starts off and says, listen, Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than what you thought was the best, Jesus is even better than that. He's better than Moses. He's better than the tabernacle. He's better than the old religious code. He's better than the sacrificial system. Fill in the blank for whatever it is, Jesus is always worth it. He's always going to be better than what you thought was the absolute best. And so now as we turn our attention to kind of wrapping up the book of Hebrews, for the last uh, 10, 11 weeks, the author has been primarily concerned about one thing. And that one thing is about having us have right thinking about who God is. Like right theology about the character and the nature and the heart of who Jesus Christ is and what God is like. And so that has been the primary thrust of like 10, 11 weeks of our time together, right thinking about the character and nature of God. And now as we kind of bring it home, there is this hinge in the book of Hebrews that says this, listen, if you think it's just about right thinking and about right theology, then you've missed it completely because right thinking, right theology should produce sore feet. It should produce you walking out the gospel message. Right thinking always leads to right response. And this morning, what you're going to see is, is the author of Hebrews is going to kind of do a, uh, like, he's going to do this, like, or she's going to do this. Hey, I got something to tell you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And don't forget about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about that either. And let me tell you about this. And don't forget about that. And let me tell you this. And it's like, They are trying to just slip in everything else just to kind of put everything on the table and not hold anything back. And so this morning, let me be honest, we got a lot of ground to cover, and it's going to feel like the author of Hebrews is just shotgunning you with all this random information. And so it's not that I'm all over the page, which I can be sometimes, but chapter 13 is really all over the page. And so what I thought would be helpful for us this morning is, is we're going to read it, the whole thing together, about 20 verses, so hang in there. And rather than what we have been doing in the book of Hebrews is we've been like pulling out some verses and digging real deep into like two or three, four or five verses at a time. But this week, what we're going to do, since it's so much, is we're going to elevate and we're going to get like a 20,000 foot perspective of what chapter 13 is saying. It's kind of like the difference between if you've ever had, if you've had kids and they come home from school and me asking them, right, and how was math class today? I'm asking her about something really specific rather than saying, Ryan, tell me about your day. And so those are two different ways to kind of engage. And the way that we're going to engage today is tell me about your day. 
we're going to look at the bigger picture of what chapter 13 is saying rather than every single specific thing. Does that make sense? Okay, so if you have your Bible apps, uh, you can open that on up, uh, or you can turn with me over into Hebrews chapter 13. Hang with me, hang in with me this morning. We're going to read, I'll read it to you, uh, and we'll walk, oh, whoa, that is tiny. Uh, we'll work our way through this together. Look at what it says, uh, starting in verse 1. Keep on loving one another. Now notice what they say, as Brothers and sisters, like by this time in the book of Hebrews, the people you are sitting next to are not people that you go to church with. They're your brothers and sisters. You are being sucked up into the family. You are not uh, a part of the country club. You are a part of the family, the bride of Christ. So don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. And by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. A reference to the old, some scripture in the Older Testament. Continue to remember those who are in prison as if they were together, as if you were together with them in prison. And those who are mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering. Listen to this. Changes gear. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed should be kept pure. And so, like he's just going on from loving your neighbor to, hey, let's make sure that we love and honor the covenant of marriage. It is actually one of the things that God's heart really is focused on is creating healthy marriages. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money. He's changing gears again. And be content what you have because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. So we can say this with confidence. The Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. It's what we sang this morning. What can any mere mortals do? Remember, your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider their outcome and their way of life and imitate their faith. Now that verse, just as a pause, is super sobering to me. It says, remember your leaders and consider the outcome of their lives. Do you know what that means? <laughs> that means that as a body, as you sitting here this morning, that you should hold the conviction that when you look at the leaders in our church, that their lives are lives that you would say, man, I can easily get behind that and I can follow that leader. Like the way that they are walking out the gospel message is something that um, I really want to emulate with my life. And let me be honest, if you cannot say that about the people in this community or uh, about our staff or our leadership, let me just tell you, and this is not like a leave and go somewhere else, but there are plenty of great churches in this area. I love, I would go to any other church in this area. We have fantastic pastors and staff people out on this area. And, the, and, and I'll also say this, if you are going to different churches and you can't emulate any of the leaders that you find in those churches, the problem is not the church then. <laughs> it probably has something to do with you. But this is a high calling for anybody that steps forward into leadership is that you should be able to say, not that they are perfect, but I can rally behind them and their lifestyle. So let's keep going. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and to, uh, today and forever. Don't be carried away by all these strange teachings. If it's good, it is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not eating ceremonial foods, which has no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which we minister at the tabernacle, have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside of the camp. 
And so Jesus is also suffered outside of the city gates to make the people holy through their own blood. Let us then go to him and him outside of the camp, bearing disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that has yet to come. Through Jesus Christ, let us continually offer God's sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips that openly profess his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with others. Don't think it's just about yourself. For which, for with such sacrifices offered, please God. Have confidence in your leader, sorry about this part, and submit to their authority, which feels really awkward for me to even read. But remember what we just said a couple of minutes ago is that, hey, you should be able to emulate the leaders around you. So when it talks about submitting to authority, it's not that um, the the staff and the pastors on this community want to boss you around, but that they are speaking God's best for you in your life. So it's not about uh, just blind obedience, but it's about them encouraging you on in your run towards Jesus Christ. Because they keep watch over you as though they must give an account for everything. Do this so that their work may be of joy and not a burden. For the word, for they would be of no benefit for you. Pray for us often. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and the desire to live a holy and acceptable life in every way. I particularly urge you to pray that I may come to you and be restored soon. Let's finish it up. Now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of our eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good work for doing his will. And, he, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to him all glory and be forever. Amen. And then like any good pastor, after amen, they got just a little bit more to say. Verse 22, brothers and sisters, so I urge you to bear with me my word of exhortation. For in fact, I have written to you quite briefly, which I'm like, really quite briefly? Not true. I, I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. Greet all the leaders of all the, in the Lord's people. Those from Italy send their greetings. Grace be with you all. And that is chapter 13. So now, what are we going to do with all of that? Because if you're really kind of paying attention, he's just gone from like all of these different topics bouncing around, bouncing around from thing to thing. So I just want to make a few observations for us this morning, a few things that I think are really important from chapter 13. And the first one is this, everything counts. Everything counts. Did you notice, just like what the author of Hebrews talked about, he went from talking about obeying your leaders to keeping marriage set apart and holy to getting rooted into good doctrine to taking care of those that are on the outside to be mindful of those in prison. There is not one part of your life that the gospel should not impact that every ounce of who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ gets tucked up under the headship and lordship of Jesus Christ. Everything counts. Everything, everything belongs to him. Every ounce, every inch, all of it, every part of your life belongs to him. That's what the author of Hebrews is saying. And what I find so uh, difficult for us in this season right now is we live in a culture and a time where right now at your fingertips, you have access to more information than at any time in the, in the history of the world. 
you can hop on the internet right now and you can be an expert in something in about an hour. And what's interesting about that is with all of the information you are collecting, you can have really strong opinions about that in about five minutes. And it's not that the world has not had a, had a, has had a place where people have opinions about things, but now what seems to have happened is everybody has a platform and everybody has a mic to let their opinions be broadcasted. So when I was doing student ministry, when we would go to like a, a student camp or a retreat, we'd take 100, 150 kids, and it was wild. And it got to the point where no one would listen to me. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like I couldn't even talk and say, listen, guys, hey, pay attention. Like no one is listening to me. And so it got to the point where we had to bring like a, a, a sound system, a PA system. And rather than just kind of saying, hey, guys, I would always do like the, the talking dolphin and stick the mic up to the, to the speaker to get the feedback. And then everyone would be like, oh, what is he saying? What's he saying? And it was the only way I could get everybody's attention because everybody is just talking the whole entire time. Now, does that sound like what's going on right now? Does that seem like the culture that we're living in, where everybody is talking and everybody has opinion about their stuff, and yet nobody's actually listening? Go on social media, and I'm not hammering on social media, but like go on social media and you will see that everybody has a pulpit and that everybody is preaching something whether that's Christian things or not. But everybody is preaching something. And let me be, let me be bold enough to say this. Nobody cares. Nobody really cares about your opinion. Nobody cares about my opinion. Why? Because all it is right now is noise. And the world is not listening to a bunch of people's opinions. It's just white noise. Because here is the truth. Your opinions will not change the world. We live in a culture where particularly what we portray is very different from the reality that we experience. And the world is tired. It is tired of it. We live in a culture that says belief and behavior are disconnected. And the author of Hebrews is saying over and over and over again, everything counts. All of it matters. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, let me be real clear, that these two things are not divorced, but that they are forever married. There can be no separation from what you believe to how it actually shows up in your life. The author of Hebrews might say, don't tell me what you think. Show me what you know. Show me what you know. The world is not going to be changed by your opinions. The world will not be changed by your beliefs. It won't. It will not. What does Jesus say? When he, when he calls the disciples, does he say, hey, come and follow me 
and I'll fill your mind with lots of opinions. <laughs> Come and follow me so that you can have the right beliefs about everything. That's not what he says. He says, Come and follow me as I pursue the Father. Come and follow, walk out what you believe. Your opinions have become white noise. Just show us pictures of your kids. That's what we really want to see on social media. Anyways, there is this offer that that the author of Hebrews says between belief and behavior. And he says, listen, we live in a culture and a time where these things don't have to be married, but everything matters. There's no part of your life that is off limits. These things have to be married. How you treat your kids matters. How you speak to your wife matters. How you speak to your husband matters. When you go out to lunch today, how you treat your server matters. When they are running behind, when they bring you the wrong stuff, if you just hammer them, it all matters. What website you get on late at night matters. How you treat your employees, it matters. How you treat your staff, how you treat your boss, how you treat those in charge of you matters. How you treat your finances in ways that you Spend your money because when you spend your money, you're actually saying the things that you value. It all matters. And the author of Hebrews just bounces around time and time again as if to say, make your life count. It, make your life count. It's all his. There's nothing that's off limits in your life. It all belongs to him and it all counts. So let these things be married. All right. Next thing I want you to see uh, is to, uh, I think the author would say this, encourage one another. This whole passage that we read is meant to be uh, interpreted as a big encouragement for the people of God. Now, did anybody watch the Tyson fight last night? (laughs) Nobody? I stayed, I, I stayed up and watched the Mike Tyson fight last night. And it was really funny because they had all these like hype men come out and talking about coming in at 205, Mike Tyson, Kid Dynamite, let's hear it. And they did like, they had like the hype man that came up and he was going to stir up the crowd, but because of the COVID season, ain't nobody in the arena. And so it was really funny. And then they brought out like Snoop Dogg to come and like get the people all excited. And it was like, wait, this is really weird. And, uh, but the whole point of it was, is to get everybody really excited and encouraged and to be tuned in and be dialed in to what's about to take place. And in that same way, I think that's what the author of Hebrews is doing. In chapter 10, it says this, it says, and let us consider how to stir one another up onto love and good deeds or love and good works. And this whole chapter, it seems to be like the author is just stirring the pot. 
He's just taking us and trying to whip us up into a real good frenzy so that you and I will move on to good works, that we are meant to read this as one big encouragement. And don't, let's be honest, don't you need a little encouragement right now in this season? When was the last time that you walked away from a conversation with a friend, a coworker, family, and you're like, oh my gosh, I love talking to them. It is just a breath of fresh air because every time I leave that relationship, I feel so encouraged. And let me be honest, it's real hard for me to remember and think back, ooh man, when was the last time that I walked away from that family member, that relationship, and just felt, man, I just feel blessed. I just feel super encouraged. How about for you? When was the last time that you kind of walked away from your normal kind of circles that you roll in, and you're like, man, that was so life-giving. That was just so, oh, I can't wait to be around them again. And that's not like an accusation against you, because the next question is, is, well, when have I done that for somebody else? When was the last time, despite the circumstances of whatever was going on, that I'm just like speaking life and I'm encouraging and stirring the pot and encouraging him in love and good works? When was the last time that I did that? And here's the, what I think the author of Hebrews would say to us is he would say, or she would say, whatever you feed is going to grow. What do you want to grow in your life? Encouragement? or discouragement. Because these are just a few of the things that I've said like in the past few days. Tell me if these sound familiar. Our political system is like like getting punched in the face or kicked in the crotch. I don't like either option. This is the best that our country can do. These two people, these two political platforms are the best we can do what a mess. Are you kidding me? I am sick of people being so disrespectful and not putting on masks. People should wear masks when they're out and around people. It's so disrespectful. John, five minutes later. I'm so sick of these stupid masks. Why do we have to? We should be quarantining not healthy people, but sick people. This whole thing is a me- like, okay, well, that's, that, that's real good, John. Everybody is so sensitive these days. We're just so sensitive people. Everybody is so offended. Why is everybody so easily offended these days? You know what? I'm offended at how offendable that person is. <laughs> and you wonder why John is a little salty these days is because I'm feeding discouragement. Because whatever you feed is actually going to grow. You won't grow living on a diet of discouragement. You won't. Whatever you feed is going to grow. Now, this has been something that the Lord is highlighting to me really significantly this season. Really significantly, particularly with my kids. Because what's normal around the Hinky Bine house is, stop fighting! I can't take it anymore. Get in here. Stop it. Give me your technology. We're done. Go to your rooms. Because the Lord is so good and he's so kind, he gives me lots of practice. And now it's, all right, girls, come here. 
listen, God always gives me what I don't deserve. And when your sister treats you that way, I want you to remind you, give what you don't deserve. When your sister is being difficult, you return it with kindness. Ryan, the call of being a big sister is a big call on your life. And God has placed you there because she wants you to care for your sister and lead the way. And Maggie, let me be honest, baby. God has created you to be wild and free, and I need you to harness that (laughs) just a little bit and move forward that way. Now give me your technology and go to your rooms, right? (laughs) So it's getting better. It's getting just a little bit better. But even when there is correction and discipline that needs to be had, it's done with the spirit of encouragement. That even when you're disciplining and correcting, you do it with the, let me remind you about not what you've done, but who God is calling you to become. If the whole chapter 13 is like, let's just stir the pot with these people. Come on, stir that pot. Let's get them real whipped up and all bothered and all worked up and let's encourage them on to good works with love and good deeds. And honest question, but like, is that normal? Is that normal for you? Do you feel like you walk around like just with this spirit of encouragement all over you? You know what would be kind of bold of you, bold of me? Why don't you ask your family? Ask your family. Ask your spouse. Hey, when we interact, do you feel encouraged when, we, when I typically leave or do you feel discouraged? How about you ask your kids? <laughs> hey, girls, even when dad's upset, do you feel encouraged? How about you ask your employees, hey, listen, like, yeah, it's, I, it's my business, but do you feel encouraged on a daily basis? Like, ask your boss, hey, am, like, am I a blessing to this place? Like, I just want to encourage you and your leadership of this business, and I want to get under and up and underneath, and I want to bless this place that I get to work at. And I'm thankful for you, and I want my life to reflect that. Are you encouraged by having me on staff? It's a different way to live, isn't it? The gospel will transform you. Now, can you imagine an atmosphere or a community that would take this serious? Because that's what God invites you into. That's what Riverside is supposed to be. Not that we shy away from difficult conversations, but that we do it with the spirit of stirring one another up, stirring each other on to good works done uh, out of love. That's the invitation for what it means to be a part of God's family. Now, last thing I want to show you about this is perseverance, because remember, this whole chapter is written to people that are discouraged, that are up against the wall, that are suddenly life is not going their way, This whole thing is written to those people, and I I think the author would say perseverance is not just about survival. And as I watched the Tyson fight, I guess alone last night, but as I watched the Tyson fight, there is this idea that whenever you're in the season, that you just got to put your guard up, and you just got to take the blows, and that you just got to survive. This season is really difficult, and you're just up against the ropes, and you're just going to take the beating that is coming your way. Like, oh, oh, this is hard and I don't like it. And there's a part of that 
Friends, that is absolutely true. Nobody, first of all, nobody want to get in the ring with Tyson, still at 54. He's an animal out there. But I think the author of Hebrews would say to us this morning, it's not just about surviving the season. There is a way to thrive even right in the middle of it. How many times has John said during this COVID season, man, we just got to get through it. <laughs> I can't wait for us to get this behind us. And I want to and I had, so, had someone bump me a couple weeks ago and said, well, what about the gifts that God wants to show you in the midst of it? It's not just about survival. It's about learning to walk it out with great joy, right smack dab in the middle of it. And the author wants us to focus on not just enduring, but he wants us to focus on joy right in the middle of it. Now, this is where I get really off. And tell me if this sounds familiar to you. But let's pretend that me and my wife are in a big fight, which never happens. But let's pretend that we're in a big wad in a fight. Now, are there things that I need to be aware of? Are there things that I need to adjust in my life? Are there things that I might be doing that might be harming her or hurting her heart? You better believe it. But the author of Hebrews would say this to us this morning. You have to get the spotlight off of what is wrong. You have to get the spotlight on the person of Jesus. The way through it is not just putting your dukes up and hit, taking the hits left and right, one after the another, just waiting for the knockout blow. The author of Hebrews would say, get your eyes on Jesus. Not once in this whole chapter did you ever see the author, whoever he or she is, say, let me just tell you about everything that is wrong going on right now. The author of Hebrews says, no, focus on what Jesus is doing. In the midst of COVID season, what is Jesus doing? Because I can list about a thousand things that Jesus is doing in the midst of COVID season. Even though I don't like it, and even though I think it's, you know, I have opinions about it, it's not a season I just take my blows and pull in. I'm called to thrive right in the middle of it. And I want to tell you this morning, you won't find the answer in what is wrong. You won't find the solution by focusing in on everything that is wrong in the season. You will not. For example, Jesus is better. So you got about a month till Christmas. About a month. I mean, say, let's pretend that you want to get in really good shape for the holiday season. What are you going to do? I would suggest that you focus on health. You focus on running, you focus on your eating healthy, you uh, focus on making good decisions, you get up early, you focus on being healthy. You don't focus on unhealth. It's a waste of time. You focus on making good decisions and eating healthy and working out and prioritizing what's gonna make you healthy. You don't focus on the problem. If you don't like the trajectory of your life, you will not 
get, it will not turn around by focusing in on everything that is wrong. You focus in on the solution. So I, I got, I, like right before worship, I had this idea. So please don't laugh at me. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. But so often, this is what we do. See it? There it is. Everybody look at it. See it? See it? There it is. That's the problem right there. Look at it. Come on. Feel, like, feel bad for me. I'm going through this right now. Do you see the thing right there? It's real. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to own it right now. That's the problem right there. Look at it. Come on. Here it is. There it is. Look at it. Look at it. And I think the author of Hebrews is saying, like, like for real, stop it. Like, get the... Get the spotlight off of what's wrong and like focus on me. Like focus on, can I take this off? So, so like focus on not everything that's wrong, but focus on what Jesus is doing in the midst of it. Because the people that have learned to thrive for whatever life throws at them are the people that have learned to get their eyes off of their circumstances that have learned to thrive by getting their eyes off of their emotions and feelings that have that have folk that have been trained to get their eyes off of their experience people that thrive in the middle of it are people that have trained themselves to get their eyes on what is Jesus doing and Jesus remember in verse 5 says never will i leave you or forsake you, that I will be in the midst of it. I will walk through whatever it is right now so that you don't have to just survive, but you can thrive right in the middle of it. Listen, for 13 weeks, we have been going through the book of Hebrews, and over and over, Jesus has been saying one thing and one thing over, that Jesus is better. And I believe particularly right now. Like, there are many of us in here and that are connecting with us online that needed to be reminded of this. That Jesus is better than fill in the blank. I wonder what your blank would be, honestly. That Jesus is better than not being able to see my family at Thanksgiving. Because that was true. Jesus is better than all of the disruptions in life that I'm facing right now. Maybe for some, it's Jesus is better than any sickness that may be plaguing my family. Jesus is better than any pushback that I might be facing right now. That Jesus is just better than what is your fill in the blank? I believe that the author of Hebrews is meant to, to encourage us that says he's worth it every single time. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. That Jesus is just better. And what a timely message for us as a community. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We bless you. You are good and you are kind. 
God, we thank you for our time in the book of Hebrews and a timely message for us as a community. God, that there is nothing better than you, and we have been sold a lie that says that something else will satisfy, and it's just not true. God, you are the solution. You are what we focus on, that no matter what that blank is, God, we just declare that you are better. God, may this be a community. May this be a family that spurs one another on, that speaks words of life, that focuses on you, God, that we feed encouragement. God, because ultimately, God, you are the thing that we desire. You are the thing that we want the most. Father, we love you and we're grateful. God, we are so thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit that speaks to us, that comes in and refreshes our soul and fuels us for the life that you've invited us to. And so we offer ourselves right back to you, God, as a sweet offering. You can have it all. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, just as a reminder, if you are new, I'd love to introduce myself to you right down here. As always, we have our prayer teams available on both sides. If there has been something that's been stirred up in you or possibly you had a maybe a hard Thanksgiving or maybe you are looking at a difficult Christmas in front of you. Let our prayer team start praying for you, standing in the gap alongside of you. There is nothing greater privilege than for us to come together and be able to pray with uh, those in the community. So please take advantage of that. But would you stand and would you receive this blessing as we go? So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, to lift up his face, to turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace, give you his shalom. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Love you, my friends. Have a great week.